Gentlemen, to the Blue Bomber Talk podcast. My name is John Hodge. I'm joined as always by my co-host Tim Hodge. Tim, how you doing today? I am doing well, John. Uh, we're recording this a day early again. That's that's two pods in a row. We're recording on a Sunday night. Uh, I'm feeling refreshed. Uh, no no bomber game this weekend. Some some good CFL football, but no bomber game. So I am ready to be talking about some Blue Bomber playoff football. How are you, John? I'm doing well. I'm I'm doing very well. I'm excited to uh, to talk about some Blue Bomber football today. Obviously, no podcast last week. I, I would like to go back to week 20 just for a little bit, talk about the last game of the season. I think the obvious story, Timmy, is Zach Caleros making his first start for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, throwing 22 completions on 28 attempts for 221 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, could have been three, maybe four interceptions if the Stampeders uh, secondary squeezes the rock a little bit better. But that said, uh, I thought it was a great performance, all things considered. The short period of time Caleros had to prepare for that contest, um, the way that the offense has struggled to move the football in general through the air uh, this season, uh, I thought it was a strong performance from a player in uh, a bit of a trying situation. It was, I, 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 yes, I would add, it was really weird seeing Zach Caleros quarterback <laughs> the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was, that was my overarching, my, my overarching feeling throughout the whole game. Like, it was just weird. You know, this was something that, that, you know, back five years ago when Caleros was going into free agency, you know, a lot of people were hoping maybe he would be signed by the Bombers. Obviously, that did not happen. Took, took a few years, but he did work his way here. Uh, at least for a brief amount of time. Um, it was nice to see him get a good round of applause when he was introduced uh, coming out of the tunnel at the game at Investors Group Field. Of course, that will be likely his only career start as a Blue Bomber at Investors Group Field. So it was it was nice that uh, he got a good round of applause and a good a good welcome from the fans at, at, at the stadium. But, you know... It, He's obviously a very different player than than Bomber fans have seen over the last few months at the quarterback position, and and you're right. He did play quite a good game. I mean, to come in, um, really only have two weeks of practices under his belt. That first week of practice, he was practicing with the number twos. Um, he had, I think it ended up being two practices and a walkthrough as a starter. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's a good thing that Zach Caleros has the, the wealth of experience that he has the the familiar familiarity with the CFL that he has in order to run an offense effectively um, with the, that that little amount of time, um, it, it, it was pretty remarkable. And I think, yeah, he threw the one pick as you mentioned could have probably pretty easily been two or maybe even three. But I'm okay giving him a pass on that. He's he's playing with receivers that that really haven't had a ton of work all season, obviously. Throwing the ball has not been the uh, forte of the Bombers, not been the focus of the Bombers throughout this season. Um, but, but yeah, I think Caleros passes with flying colors in this game. Um, um, to really to, to only have six incompletions in the game, I think, with, with all the circumstances, is absolutely remarkable um, um, given the, the short amount of time that he had to prepare, John. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think there's any question that he will be Winnipeg's starting quarterback in the West semifinal uh, at McMahon Stadium on Sunday. More on that in a minute. Um, there was some talk after the game about the Bombers potentially looking at Caleros as a long-term option, and it is very Bomber fan-like to have a player do well in literally one game and then want to make them the face of the franchise. Um, it's been a long time uh, since this <laughs> franchise had much to celebrate, and so we tend to celebrate things early in Winnipeg when uh, when they're going well. And I wrote a piece for Three Down this week uh, simply called No, the Bombers Should Not Resign Zach Claros. And you can check out the piece if you haven't already for, for my reasoning why. But as you said, Sammy, I would agree. It was his only game uh, in Winnipeg as a regular season starter. And uh, should the Bombers lose the West semifinal, he might only end up starting two games. And when I say he starts that game, I think he needs to do that regardless of whether or not Chris Streveler is healthy. If Chris Streveler is healthy, I think he should obviously play. Uh, as we've said many times, the Bombers are at their best when they have two quarterbacks uh, playing to the best of their abilities. I think you need Zach Caleros to go out there, uh, provide a legitimate uh, passing option. He completed almost 80% of his passes against Calgary. He threw for 225 yards, which is about what you're looking at uh, for the way this team is is set up in terms of, you know, a, a decent day at the office throwing the football. This is not a team designed to throw for 400 yards a game. Um, and then you can have Streveler come in and, and you know, uh, take over maybe on second and one and stay in for a first and ten and and try to cause some havoc with his legs. I mean, the guy ran for something like 700 yards this season, uh, which is a lot more than a lot of teams starting running backs. And so I think if you can find the perfect split, be that, you know, 80-20 or 70-30, um, you know, whatever that, that perfect balance is, I, I think you do that and, and you move on. But certainly a strong performance. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, the Bomber defense continues to be absolutely dominant against the run. The Bombers finished this season allowing just an average of 64 rushing yards per game. The next best number is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at 92.6. Uh, the Bombers, one of the best defenses in CFL history this season at stopping the run. Stopping the pass, however, is, is a little bit of a different story. The Bombers officially ranked sixth in that giving up 282 yards through the air. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell chucked for 350 yards and four touchdown passes uh, in the loss. All of those uh, Calgary points coming off of Bo Levi Mitchell's arm. Two went to Hergie Mayala, two went to Eric Rogers. Bo lit the Bombers up this season in back-to-back -back games. He threw for 337, three touchdowns, and a pick at McMahon. Uh, if you combine those, it's almost 700 yards for seven touchdowns, one interception in back-to-back -back games. It's going to be interesting, I think, Timmy, heading into the West semifinal against Calgary, how Winnipeg's defense can limit the passing prowess of Bo Levi Mitchell. That is going to be quite possibly, aside from the, the bomber quarterbacking situation, uh, that, that'll be the, the biggest impact, I think, on this game. Uh, there is no question, as you mentioned, that the Bombers can stop the run. Um, um, Ante Leader ran for only 35 yards in the game in Winnipeg. Um, had a better outing the week previous at McMahon, but um, the Bombers will stop the run. Uh, 
the question is, is can they stop Bo Levi? Can they get pressure on Bo Levi? The Bombers now two games in a row have not been able to get pressure on Bo Levi Mitchell with any kind of consistency. Uh, um, you know, that has been probably the biggest factor, certainly one of the biggest factors to how the defense performs as a whole. We know they'll stop the run, but when they're able to get pressure on quarterbacks, it, it makes things so much easier for the secondary. Um, can the Bombers slow down Bully by Mitchell? There was one sack in that game at IG Field, courtesy of Adam Big Hill. Um, sacks don't necessarily tell the whole story, but but can they make the day at the office difficult and frustrating for Bo Levi. Um, that's, I think, going to be the, the the main thing to watch. That That is going to tell who will win this game. I, I think that's true. And, and we always talk, of course, about run-pass balance. And, you know, a lot of teams this season have put a ton of guys in the box against Winnipeg, I think, in an attempt to shut down that run game. And and to try to get the Bombers to pass, something that they don't do terribly well. I think you can make an argument they did it worse than just about any team in the CFL this season, with the exception, uh, potentially, of Ottawa. Uh, that didn't do anything well this season, to be quite frank. Um, that said, I, I almost think the Bombers should employ that strategy in reverse against Calgary. Let's abandon uh, a gap responsibility up front. Let's abandon even fronts. Uh, let's abandon all of those things that make you sound against the run, at least to start things off. Let's let's throw wacky looks at Bo Levi Mitchell. Let's do crazy things. Let's drop tons of guys back into coverage. Do whatever you can to make the Stampeders run the football. And it should be said that Don Jackson is likely to be the starter in the playoffs. The Bombers, when they played Calgary the past two games, uh, we're playing against uh, anti-leader, as you said, who who only started two games all year. That was that. Um, when Don Jackson is in there, they should be more formidable uh, in running the football. That said, the Stampeders did finish dead last in the entire CFL when it came to running the football this season. Um, it, it's the number nine rushing attack against the number one rushing defense. You'd, you'd think that, uh, you know, ev even trying to, to, to goad Bo Levi Mitchell into throwing more or uh, or dare Dave Dickinson to uh, to dial up more rushing plays that uh, you can still shut it down. And so I, I think that's something I'm going to be looking for in the West Semi at McMahon. Um, you know, uh, just defensively, uh, the, the game planning for the last two contests has done nothing to shut Bo down. I think maybe one thing you can do is is tempt those Stampeders to run the football more, especially if the weather is going to be bad. We don't yet know. We're still a week out to what the weather will look like exactly, but um, I think you got to get the Stampeders running that football if uh, you want to maximize your chances of winning on Sunday. Yeah, I think the weather will... Uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it can definitely play a factor this time of the year. We've mentioned that the Bombers really are... Are, are set up pretty well for a poor weather game. Hopefully there's some snow on the field and, and, and it's windy conditions. I think that would play to the Bombers' strengths. Uh, further to your point, John, about how how uh, say how much more run-based the Bombers have been, the Bombers' leading receiver on the year is Kenny Lawler with 637 yards. Uh, that's, that's not a lot. Uh, by comparison... Uh, Andrew Harris, who only played in 16 games, 
finished with 1,363 rushing yards, the second best total of his career, just shy of his career best season last year. Um, that is more than double. And Andrew Harris in 16 games has more than double the yardage of, of the Blue Bombers' leading receiver. That's that's a pretty telling stat uh, for anybody to realize just that disparity between the run and the pass. Um, Bombers obviously very good at running the football this season, whether it be Andrew Harris or Chris Strebler uh, or anybody else for that matter. Um, hopefully there's going to be some bad weather. I mean, at least for Bomber fans, you got to think that that's only going to make things better. Uh, for the blue and gold looking at the uh, the forecast uh, and this is keep in mind seven days out uh, a seven day forecast sunday uh november 10th at calgary uh minus three feeling like minus eight light snow with overcast uh wind at about 20 kilometers gusting to a little over 30 kilometers not exactly you know uh torrential uh uh uh, uh conditions but Certainly not optimal uh, weather if you're a team like the Stampeders that struggles to run the football and, and loves to pass. Um, that being said, Bo Levi Mitchell has had really no no issue throwing the football against Winnipeg throughout his career. I was interested, Sammy, last night I, I stayed up late watching that BC-Calgary game. I watched all nine hours of football yesterday, which was kind of kind of fantastic, but admittedly made me hate myself just a little bit. Um Bo Levi Mitchell really struggled in that game, and I thought it was it was quite surprising the extent to which Calgary didn't seem interested in clinching second place in the West Division. Bo completed 20 of 38 passes for 283 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That touchdown came late in the game. Uh, there were long stretches of the game where he was struggling to complete passes, and I think if Mike Riley plays that game, and this is irrelevant, I suppose, given the fact that Calgary did win 21-16, but my point is they, they didn't look very sharp, and I don't I don't expect that at all to be the case in the playoffs. I think they'll be sharp. I think they'll be ready to go uh, at McMahon Stadium when, when the game matters a whole heck of a lot more, but uh, I was taken aback by just how little interest I, I, I detected from the Stampeders in capturing a victory uh, at uh, the stadium, BC Place. It was quite interesting. Uh, you, you know, you got to think a, a win gets them a home playoff game. A loss has them traveling to Winnipeg for for the semifinal game. Uh, you you got to think that they're going to be wanting to, to to put everything into that game. It's almost effectively a playoff game at that point. Uh, it's great for the franchise. It's great for the fans, and it's great for the players. Frankly, to be playing at home, uh, that's a big time advantage uh, come playoff time. Um, it, it was surprising. And I'm, I'm also interested, John, to see, we've seen so many times over the last few years, last, whatever, six or seven years, that the Stampeders have won the West Division and gotten that by into a home West final. Um, I'm curious to see this team uh, uh, still playing at home, but not with that week of rest. Uh, this is kind of an interesting situation here. Um, never mind the fact that the Bombers will be playing the Stampeders for a third straight game. Uh, of course, the Stampeders did have uh, the game against the Lions in between, but it's a game in Calgary in the playoffs, but the away team is the one that actually has the bye because the Bombers have this bye in the last week of the season. Um, it's it's creating kind of an interesting matchup, and I'm I'm really curious to see 
how the Stampeders play, particularly believe by Mitchell, without that week of rest and see what difference that makes. We've seen the Stampeders, even in bad weather games, even in, in, in tons of snow, still be effective and still win games and get on to the Grey Cup Championship, uh, winning the West Final at home. It, it'll be an interesting uh, interesting experience to be watching a semifinal game in Calgary when the Bombers are the team with rest. Well, if I if I don't if I'm not remembering incorrectly, this I think is the first West Final outside of Calgary since 2015. 15 was the year Chris Jones led the Edmonton Eskimos to a Great Cup championship in Winnipeg. Uh, that West Final, uh, again, if I remember correctly, was played at Commonwealth Stadium between the Eskimos and Stampeders. Uh, the Stamps have hosted every game since then, and they've made hay off of it, right? They They've been in the last three Grey Cup games, and, and they won, of course, last year. Probably should have won all three. Um, big, big upsets uh, in 17 and 18 from Ottawa and Toronto, respectively. Uh, that said, or pardon me, in uh, 16 and 17, respectively. Um, but they are the defending Grey Cup champions, and though we don't have a line yet for the game, I expect Calgary will be favored by, uh, if I had to guess, I'd say about a touchdown. And uh, obviously most pundits will be selecting them uh, as the likely winner of the game. And I almost wonder if maybe Calgary is a bit flat in BC because they felt dejected, right? When, when the, uh, the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders beat Edmonton earlier that day and clinched first in the West, you know, Calgary, maybe they don't care if they come to Winnipeg or play at home. Maybe it doesn't make that much of a difference to them if they're going to have to win the West Final in Saskatchewan anyway. Yeah, who cares where you play? Um, I'm not saying that's how they all felt, but that may have been on the mind of more than a few Stampeders. Um, the Stamps did lose at IG Field twice this season. That said, the first one was without Bo Levi Mitchell. The second game, um, I think you could make an argument that they outplayed the Bombers. I, I would probably agree with that. Uh, especially, again, with, with a few interception drops uh, that uh, that took place. The game could have easily gone the other way. Um, missed field goal as well. The two-point convert returned by Janarian Grant. Lots went right in Winnipeg's favor in that contest uh, in Week 20 to, to see the blue and gold come out on top. And so the question I have for you, Timmy, with, with this game upcoming, do the Bombers have a chance? And if they do... Uh, to beat Calgary at McMahon Stadium, what kind of chances do you give them? Well, the the three games that we've seen between the Bombers and the Stampeders have all been close. I think you could probably make an argument that the Stamps were the better team in all three games, quite frankly, even though that first game featured Arbuckle at quarterback. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I actually think I might even go ahead and say that, that the Stamps were, were the best team in all three of those games despite the fact that they only won one of the three. Um, that said, there's always a chance. It's the CFL. I mean, even Ottawa won three games this season. I mean, that's that's got to count for something. They, they beat Calgary in week one in Calgary. If Ottawa can beat Calgary in Calgary in 2019, anyone can beat Calgary in Calgary. Um, um, the Bombers definitely have a chance to win. Uh, I'm very curious to see the play of Zach Kolaros in this game to see, uh, assuming Chris Traveler is healthy, to see what role he'll play. I, I agree with what you mentioned off the top, John, that uh, both guys should play, but Kolaros should start. Um, that gives the Bombers 
the most effective use of uh, of their talent and of their weaponry of their arsenal. Um, that said, I, I'm, I'll be picking the Stamps to win. Um, I think Calgary playing playoff games at home, um, it, it is the hardest place to go in and win, generally speaking, over the last five or ten years, particularly in the playoffs. Um, uh, point spread, I don't know. I, I, I think seven points is probably about right, quite frankly, um, for the Stamps to be favored. Um, I'll be picking the Stampeders in this game, but there's definitely a chance. I mean, if the, if this game is played 10 times, the Bombers win four, maybe three, probably. I, I, I think something, I mean, maybe it's call it a 35, 40% chance of a Bomber victory. I'd, I'd be pretty comfortable with those odds. How about you, John? Yeah, I, I think if, if this game is played 10 times at IG Field, I think it's probably a, an even 5-5 five, five split. I think if this game is played at McMahon Stadium, it's probably a 7-3 split in favor of the Stampeders. The one the one caveat I'll put in there is the fact that the Bombers, as you pointed out, are coming off a bye, which of course is an advantage. Um, you know, the, the Bombers will have played three straight games against the Stampeders. They'll know the Stampeders probably as well as they know themselves. And so, you know, if 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 that's the case, I think you can... You know, maybe it's less of a scheme-based game, depending on what Winnipeg is able to install that's new and fresh at this point of the season, which is awfully late to install something new over the bye. And maybe it's more of just a straight-up man-against-man game. You know, more talented roster wins. And if that's the case, I, I think these rosters are very close, with the exception of one position, which is the most important one in the game, and that's quarterback. I think Boldy Mitchell is head and shoulders above whenever the Bombers have under center. I think Bo is the best player in the CFL. Uh, I think he's been the best player in the CFL for uh, probably about a half decade at this point. Um, you know, I, I think the offensive lines are, are basically a wash. I think the receiving core, you, you probably give uh, Calgary the edge, but running back, you certainly give Winnipeg the edge. And, you know, D-line, I think I think the, the Stamps don't have, a, they don't have a star, but... You know, they, they do pretty well by committee. The Bombers, I think, probably have more talent, but, you know, Willie Jefferson's got to show up in the big game. Uh, linebacking core, I, I think, is probably close to a wash. I, you know, Adam Big Hill had a bit of a down year. Uh, I think uh, Nate Hawley has been amazing as a rookie uh, for the Stamps, kind of taking over that uh, Will linebacker spot. Wynton McManus is underrated. Uh, and then, you know, the secondary, I think maybe you give calgary a little bit of an edge provided that trey roberson of course is healthy so overall and and kicking game i think you give it to to winnipeg by the way Rene paradis has struggled you know a little bit down the stretch but that said there's no area where i i think one team blows the other out of the water i think they're all either too close to call or or slightly you know one way or the other and so if the bombers are going to win this game and the way that i think they win maybe those three or four out of ten contests, hypothetical contests, of course, is Bo Levi Mitchell not playing up to his standard and, you know, Zach Caleros having a great game or Chris Strebler running for 100 yards. You know, that's that's going to be the type of performance that, that gets it done. And, and is that a possibility? I think, as you said to me, of course it is. But is it a likelihood? Well, that's a different story, especially for a team that's been a snake bitten as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers over the last uh, 
what is it now uh 29 years uh yes yes it is yes it is well there you go uh, i'm also curious to see janarian grant i mean he's he's played the stampeders twice now and he's scored in both games so uh, you know, that, that could also sway the tides. Who knows? Uh, a punt return touchdown. I mean, the, these games between the Bombers and the Stamps, particularly the last two, when Bully Van Mitchell's been playing, we have a, a, the Bombers with a four-point loss in Calgary and then a one-point win at home. I, I, I mean, I, I would expect a similar type game in Calgary, uh, a one-score victory, whether it be seven points, four, who knows? Um but those are the games when, when really one big play, a pick six, a fumble recovery, a, a, a kick return touchdown, something like that, even a big sack at the right time, a missed field goal. Those things are all huge. I mean, heck, if, if, if the Bombers don't get that, that um, two-point convert, that, that return for a touchdown, that convert return for, for a, a, I should say, a two-point convert uh, in the game, they lose. I mean, that's a, that's a weird play to have happen in a game to run it back for two, but the Bombers needed those two points to win. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be tight. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm ready for it. It was, it was weird not having a Bomber game to watch this weekend. So even though we're still at this point that we're recording this seven days away, I'm, I'm ready for this game. I'm, I'm excited to get it going. That is a good point. It does feel strange for the game to still be a full week away. And it, it's going to be one of those game. There were one of those weeks, I should say, where, you know, the game uh, it might still be three days away. It might be Thursday. And it's just, you know, let's stop talking about it. Let's just let's just play. Let's just do it. Because the, the reality is there's going to be so much conversation about this game, uh, which not necessarily a bad thing. But I think, you know, you reach a point where you start talking things to death a little bit and, and you just got to get out there and, and, and see the game. And, and that's what we'll get a chance to do in a week's time um you make a great point with janarian grant uh, i think the bombers you know may, maybe you give them the edge in the return game but that said terry williams has has been spectacular for the stampeders in the past was a little bit quiet i think in the second half of this season but uh you know in the first half of the year i i, I think had some some really big returns and that's something that he's done for them in the past uh, he had a return touchdown in the great cup last year for instance uh coming up huge for the stampeders in their most important game of the season so you know it 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 certainly would enhance winnipeg's chances if janarian grant could make a fourth return score uh for the bombers against calgary this season but uh you know he'll have to show up and do it and and there's a lot of that i think going around you got to show up and do it this is the playoffs this is where things matter the most and um if the bombers win We'll be back to talk about the West Final next week. If they lose, we'll be back to talk about another season where this team failed to end its uh, increasingly long Grey Cup drought um, in our season finale. Um, I don't think it's necessarily fair that this team has the... And by this team, I don't mean the Bombers in general. I mean this 2019 edition of the Blue Bombers has that gray cup drought hanging over their heads after all every team is different every year and rather than going you know over 29 this team can only ever go over one and next year's team will will try to improve upon that but um whether it's fair or unfair it's the truth the the, the 29 year drought hangs over this team and if they don't get it done uh and it's going to be an extremely extremely 
hard road to get it done if they ever do, um, particularly when, uh, you know, your reward for beating Calgary and Calgary would be having to beat Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan, followed by beating the Hamilton Tiger Cats, provided they, of course, win the East Final, who set a franchise record for 15 regular season wins. Um, Hamilton also, by the way, the only team the Bombers did not defeat this season. They lost 15 uh, to 23 in Hamilton, and they lost 13 to 33 uh, at home at IG Field. Um, you know, if, if they're going to end the drought this year, that would be quite the accomplishment. Um, but if they don't, well, they're going to carry the weight of the drought with them through next season. Yeah, uh, you know, I. Uh... You're, you're bang on. It's not really fair to put it on these players. I mean, Jake Thomas is the longest tenured bomber right now, and he's been around for, what, this is maybe his seventh season? So, uh, yeah, I, I always feel kind of bad when, when, when players and coaches always get asked about this 29-year drought. Um, it, it's there for the franchise, but these guys weren't around 29 years ago. Some of them, a lot of them were even born. So, um it is what it is. It is it is what is hanging over Bomber fans and has been hanging over Bomber fans for essentially our entire lives. Um, and it is what it is. It's there. And you know what? If, if, if we want to close, close off the discussion on a positive note, what better way to end the drought than with some style? Going into Calgary, going into Saskatchewan, and then beating almost certainly the 15-3 and Hamilton Tiger Cats. And with Zach Caleros at the helm, just like oh, everybody predicted. Right? And, and if it could be a bombers tie cats Grey Cup, I mean, even if the Bombers, unfortunately, would not win that game, those are the teams with the two longest current playoff, or, uh, Grey Cup droughts. The tie cats have not won since 99. So their, their, their drought is also getting pretty long. I mean, as a Bomber fan, you know, stay in your lane, tie cats. Come on, this is our thing. But... That would be that would be nice. If not the bombers, hopefully the Tie Cats can pull it out. Well, in all honesty, I I would love to see the Tie Cats win. I, they're my number one team. I think I would like to see win a Grey Cup simply because they deserve it the most this season. They have been week in week out the best team in the CFL. And some of their losses, looking back at their schedule, uh, they lost. Uh, I believe it was mid August. Um, in Calgary, the score was 19-18. They lost on a last-second field goal that was blocked. Uh, they deserved to win that game, quite frankly. They really did. And their only other two losses, they lost in Saskatchewan by five points. They lost in Montreal by seven points. They went a perfect 9-0 at home and uh, could easily have finished, I think, better than 15-3, and quite frankly. And a lot of their victories, too very one-sided they beat montreal by 12 they beat edmonton by 30 ottawa by 29 winnipeg by 20 uh and that that's all aside from the fact that in week two they beat toronto by a score of 64 to 14 which is i forgot about that one of the possibly the most one-sided cfl games i've ever seen which is speaking volumes quite frankly because i grew up a bomber fan in the mid 90s um, a time that I don't think any Bomber fan wants to remember, um, but I digress. Point is, I, I think Hamilton has been the best team week in, week out. I would like to see them finish things off with a great cup victory. 
that they and their fans deserve, quite frankly. Again, you know, the, obviously what matters most is what happens on the day, and the Grey Cup has been won in recent memory by teams who probably were not the best team in the league that season. Um, that might, was, might again happen, but if, if for whatever reason it was a Winnipeg-Hamilton finale, um, you know, it, I, I'd still like to see Hamilton win. I just think they're they're the best team. They deserve it the most, and uh, they they uh, I, I just hope they're able to capitalize. We might be getting a little ahead of ahead of ourselves, though. But uh, if that happens, I, I would I would gladly uh, put the gloves on with you and uh, fight for all the Bomber fans listening. So uh, fair enough. The uh, and yes, we are getting ahead of ourselves, um, but hey. We, we got one more week to talk about this Bomber-Stampeder game that's coming up. Um, it would be quite the feat, I think, for the Bombers to go into McMahon Stadium, beat the Stampeders, um, and, and go on, right, to be two games away from a Grey Cup championship. Uh, far easier said than done. One thing that we will talk about a lot more next week is the potential future of this team and how it might look next season if the Bombers do not win. In Calgary, I think if they do, there's there's little question that you want to bring as much of the team back as possible, both in terms of personnel and coaching staff. However, if there's a loss, especially a one-sided loss, um, you know, I, I think changes uh, could be coming, um, and that's regardless. I think of whether or not Mike O'Shea is the next head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. Um, on that note, Timmy, let's get to final thoughts. Now, this week, I I, I want to kind of shut out the CFL schedule makers a little bit. Um, you know, don't love the, the the last week of the season by necessarily for the Bombers. As it turns out with the Bombers not uh, finishing first in the West, it's not the worst thing in the world to go into the playoffs rested. But uh, while the East Division has been settled literally for weeks and weeks, um, which was not the most exciting finish, um, the West, it was it was bizarre first of all that the bombers had a bye in the last week of the season but it was also bizarre that going into this last week a week in which the bombers did not play at a point when the bombers have already played all 18 games it was still unclear as to who would finish first second or third in the west obviously we knew the bombers could not finish first but uh either saskatchewan or calgary could have finished first uh, or second, and then uh, the Stamps also could have still finished third. Um, what a remarkable end to, to the season. And it, it took literally until the last play of the last CFL game of the season, of, of the regular season, I should say, to figure out the overall uh, uh, pecking order going into the playoffs. I think that's remarkably exciting. Um, unfortunately, as a Bomber fan, we saw the Bombers sitting up at the top of the West Division for the bulk of the season, certainly the first half or a little more, and then kind of fall from grace a bit, finishing without even a home playoff game at all. But that being said, it does make for for an exciting finish and a lot of interesting conversation throughout the last half of the season. So uh, kudos to the schedule makers that ended up working out uh, really well this year. Well said. And, uh, yeah, I mean... if nothing else, this should be a very entertaining week in Bomberland, seeing how this team comes back from the bye week. I think, you know, if you're a coaching staff looking to flex your muscles a little bit, this is a great opportunity. A week 21 bye, uh, going into the biggest game of the season uh, against a team you've just played twice uh, and three times, right, on the season. 
Uh, you should know everything about them. You should know how to play them. You should know how to set your players up for success, and you should know how you're able to surprise them, especially given that you've had a bye week to potentially cook up and install some some interesting things, uh, both offensive and defensively, and even potentially on special teams. I think if this is a game you're going to win, you need to do it uh, with elements of surprise, a fake field goal, a fake punt, a reverse on the return, um, some trickery on offense, um, some funky looks on defense, because straight up, you're going to have, I think, a hard time beating the Stampeders at McMahon Stadium. Uh, with that said, we thank you as always, folks, for listening to the Blue Bomber Talk Podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye.